and welcome to Jurassic Park. I'm just kidding. Hello, welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brecker, and today I have an Orlean and I have an Ellie. Uh, Ellie, a bad critic. We are joining forces to discuss the age-old question, Jurassic Park, is it horror? Age-old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, th- this is, deb- I do see this debated occasionally online, so I feel like that People do go back and forth on this sometimes, but um, uh, like I said, I am, of course, joined by Orlean. Hello, Orlean. How are you doing? Hello. I'm amped for, you know, Friday Debate Club. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we do for fun. <laughs> yes, this is what we do for fun. As adults, we put our weird, messed up thoughts together and see how they, and just, 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 just we just spar. We, we just go from there, but uh Coming back on the show is Ellie of Bad Critic. Hello, Ellie. How are you doing? You have survived Fantasia. Hello. Yes. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for including me in your debate. I I like debating. Uh, yeah, I did survive Fantasia. Barely. I uh, don't know if I will be coherent on this podcast. So I'm sorry in advance. And also, you're welcome. And, hey, uh, let's not let's throw out excuses yet. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's a strategy to like lull you into a false exactly. sense of security. And then she's going to be like, <laughs> bam, manifesto. So is anyway, is, yeah. is that how this episode is going to end? Is that like we're going to ha- we're going to deem a some sort of victor or like are we all just going to go our separate ways with like, well, this is what I think and I'm not changing. <laughs> no, because we're all right. We're all correct. So I mean, yes. if an argument is persuasive to someone else, that's cool. But I, I have no illusions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm not here mm-hmm. to change minds. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, someone sounds awful like, like John Hammond a little bit. Set in their ways. They know what <laughs> they they know what they want. They know what they need to do. Everyone else just <laughs> Orleans over there with her flea circus, just trying to convince us what's going on. Oh my god! Sometimes I refer to myself as a flim flammer. So. You know what? Yeah, I'm. I'm that friend who's always like, "You want to start a YouTube channel? You want to start a podcast? You want to like start a business doing this? You want to do? You want to open a bakery?" And now I just like fire them off, and my friends are just like, "Oh, that's fun." I'm like, let's let's have a fun imagining for the for the evening. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day where someone says, yeah, maybe. He said, all right, cool. I already got like the loan from the bank, so let's go ahead and get that bakery started. <laughs> You know what? Someone did actually say, like, I'll do a YouTube channel with you. And I was like, really? Now I have to think about it. Well, no, I was like, let me show you all the things I've already put together. (laughs) Oh, sick. Cool. So before we get into the actual Jurassic Park discussions and like kind of supporting evidence from specifically the movie. And again, we're only discussing the first Jurassic Park movie from 1993. We're not necessarily discussing the franchise as a whole, really just the first one directed by Steven Spielberg, if you've heard of him. But before we get to that, I wanted to kind of have like a general discussion about how can we like define genre? Like how, because I feel like this is almost like an impossible sort of task, like defining genre, defining what makes something horror. Because I feel like there's so many different elements that play into it. And I almost feel like it's like one of those things where you kind of just know it when you see it, but that's that's kind of a cop-out. So we'll try to set some parameters and what elements we like to find from it. But uh, I will, I guess, think we can start with Ellie a little bit. Do you have 
what is horror to you? What, what, what makes something horror or a genre movie? Mm. What, what are your thoughts on just defining genre? Horror is really, as a concept, a little fucked up because it's something that's applied after the, after the fact. So it, it's something that sort of like the collective will identify and then that somehow impacts art going forward. People will then play on how people identified art previously but the people who made the original art weren't necessarily trying to make these tropes, so to speak. So mm. I think horror is so like as a concept, trying to define something, you're bound to just find exceptions and have things like not fit in. But for me personally, horror is two things. And it's the relationship between the content and the format of a specifically a horror movie, right? Because horror exists in novels, it exists in comics, and it is, exists in all kinds of all all kinds of art. So the 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 first thing is that your characters are in uh, a place or a situation that is inescapable and something that will require them to to fight their way out of, however broad that that. Thing could be it can be a physical place it can be like a metaphorical emotional place but then that storyline that's the content but the form also of the movie has to be constructed in a way that elevates the tension within the audience and also highlights the fear and the and the pain of the characters so it's not enough that the situation itself is scary or spooky or whatever but the way that you put the movie together is emphasizing their their reactions, their their emotional responses, their their terror, their pain, the gore if you want, but it doesn't gore isn't necessary to make something horrific. So No, I think that's a really yeah. good point too, especially with the like emphasizing what the characters are going through. Cause like, you know, we'll get into it later, but you know, like deaths, I feel like something like a lot of people is like a, an element that they look for in horror. Like, are there kill actual kills or deaths in it? But there are and other non-horror things like action movies. You know, people get shot up in yeah. those. But again, it's not necessarily focusing on that necessarily. Like the trauma that people go through with that is kind of just moving on through through the plot. Yeah, but I, I, I like I like I like what you've said so far. Well, and I also, I think a lot about the difference between a thriller and a horror and horror, because I feel like they're very close. They're, they definitely overlap with each other. Like film noir is another genre that I love. So I think a lot about how like, and I think a lot of those share narrative elements often, but what makes horror different is literally how you construct it. What are you showing? What are you not showing? And how you're, how you're extending that tension um, with mm. the audience. Yeah. I like that a lot. Orlean, I'm, I'm curious about what, what are your parameters and kind of like rules for defining horror? So first off, I've ranted many times that genres are marketing tools primarily at this point. <laughs> However it started, <laughs> it is now like a way to market something. It's, oh, it's sure. shorthand to say yeah. like, if you liked X, you might like Y. I totally get it. But I also think it's way out of hand at this point. And like it, it more often works against the things then actually works to like put good anticipation in your brain about it. You're inevitably let down by like, but it wasn't that. So why did you set my expectation? Like, I think genres should set some level of expectation for you, but they are very 
ill-defined and fuzzy at this point, and we like stories that cross genres. We just do. Yeah, I think it, the best stories, like the most emotional ones that we connect with, cross multiple genres in order to keep us interested. And when it comes to horror, so I totally agree about like focusing on a character's like pain and personal experience of like violence or trauma or just like discovery. I think like exploration and discovery are important parts of horror. What again, it can be like just within your house. It can be like something about the world. It can be like space, but like whatever it is. And then I also think a level of exaggeration. Like somewhere in there. And it can be like exaggerated gore, exaggerated reactions, exaggerated like killing, but like some level of it is exaggerated in some way. And like Smile, for example, is like a great way to think about like it wouldn't be a horror movie if you took away a couple things. It would be like a drama. Yeah. And that line is also there's a lot of overlap between those two. Right. Yeah. No, I think all that's like really great points. And that's something and you, you you said this earlier about how like it is a lot of successful things or a lot of things a lot of people like do blend genres. And that's something that I feel like horror does a lot of because, you know, we, we I mean, it's a whole segment on our normal episodes, which is like falling into like what subgenres of horror does this fall into? Because horror kind of does is able is, is like an amoeba is able to kind of like take these things like comedies, dramas, very melodramatic things, even action movies too, and kind of consume them into heightening something or emphasizing something, exaggerating something like you two have both said, and then kind of crossing it over into the, into horror, or at least like they'll kind of blend over in that Venn diagram. So it's, so that's why I find like most interesting about at least horror itself is that it can kind of like put its hands in all those different hats. And I really like what you said about how like exaggerating something, because I think that's like a really good point. And that's something like I will sometimes sit with, like when I'm watching a, especially like David Fincher movies, like these very like dramatic kind of very off like taboo topics going on. And like it's also repulsive, but it there like some of it is is exaggerated but also some of it it's like the tone is also supposed to be so grounded as well that like it's hard to like really understand like is this is this actually horror like i'm scared but i don't know if it's horror (laughs) and it's it's hard to identify yeah that's fair i don't necessarily think being scared has anything to do with horror Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's like the popular stereotype is like, well, if I'm scared watching it, it's horror. But like, I don't, there are a lot of horror movies I like that don't scare me, but they unsettle me or they make me really sad or, you know, there's just a lot of emotions. Oh, yeah. And if that was the criteria, then like I'd never seen a horror movie because <laughs> at this point I'm so dead inside from all <laughs> the shit that I've watched. Like I was at Ed Fantasia. I got to see the Canadian premiere of Talk to Me and the directors were there and everyone was like, it's so scary. It was so scary. Everyone in the, in the theater was screaming. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fine, you guys. Oh like, I think it's me, though. I think I'm the problem here. Yeah, I've heard, I, I'm not spoiled for that one, and I've just kind of heard, like, horrified 
gasps. <laughs> it was very good. There's like very specific. Sorry, this is a tangent. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. There was very specific intentional uses of gore and the, that hits really hard. But for the okay. most part, it's just a very good, well-constructed story. It's very unsettling would be a good word for it. Yeah. Mm. And so I think that's another thing about like what is like the actual intention and tone that they are trying to convey. True. In it. And I mean, we'll definitely get into it when we get to like certain scenes and segments from Jurassic Park. But like, because there are like movies where I feel like it is mostly or pretty much like 99% a drama or just some sort of just kind of like normal, normal movie. But there are like certain elements in it or certain scenes in it where you go, like, I definitely understand the worry or the paranoia or like the fear that this character has for like this certain problem in the movie. But like the tone isn't for me to like also be like experiencing that same sort of paranoia. It's more of me like just understanding their motivations for something. And that's where I feel like tone and like music also kind of like plays into it too sometimes. For me, because I've listened to you too, listen to your uh, list, your, uh, your your criteria. For me, I don't know if I have criteria. It's kind of like, you know, like, is there gore? But the absence of gore doesn't mean it's not a horror movie. And like, saying that what we said about like, does it scare you? But like, the absence of that doesn't mean it's not a horror movie either. So it's, I think it's about kind of like, what's like the subject matter and like, what's it's kind of the intentions, I guess. I don't know because I'll go ahead and read this definition that I found online. And I got this from the great website, uh, literaryterms.net. Sure. <laughs> so, age old. Yes. Yes. Age old internet. Uh, so they define horror as in literature. Horror is a genre of fiction whose purpose is to create feelings of fear, dread, repulsion, and terror in the audience. In other words, it develops an atmosphere of horror. It emphasizes the reaction caused by horror stemming from an old French word. It has its roots in religion, folklore, and history, focusing on topics, fears, and curiosities, which I find very interesting, especially with how Orlean, you talked about like discovery. I feel like that really falls into that. And that uh, focusing on topics, fears, and curiosities that have bothered humans for ages. Uh, Horror feeds on an audience's deepest fears by putting life's most frightening and perplexing things, such as death, evil, supernatural powers, or creatures, the afterlife in witchcraft at the center of attention. So, Also space. Fight me. (laughs) Most space is not science fiction. It's horror. <laughs> I like that framing. It's horror fantasy, not science fiction. Interesting. So I, I guess that's like that other thing. Like, does it blend into where like it's like horror science fiction? Or like I don't I, I don't know. It's I it's, honestly it's weird. think a lot of people want things to be science fiction because it sounds better than saying it's fantasy, even if it is more mm. fantastical and less sciencey, even with future science. Um, I think a lot of horror blends fantasy, but in a way that is more like, you know, urban fantasy, like our world with like our world plus. That's Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like, at least for me, like the, the whole like science fiction thing kind of like, it's, it's like, like to me, that one's like a little bit easier to define because it's like, is it at least trying to establish a scientific 
concept and then try to build off of that? Or is it just kind of like, hey, super far into the future, we can now just do this, but like, right, doesn't really explain fantasy. it. That's just magic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sci-fi is like future fantasy and fantasy fantasy is, is backwards fantasy. <laughs> backwards fantasy. Oh my God. I just heard backwards what I said. Fantasy. I'm such a mess. That's the clip. Yes. That's the clip. <laughs> Let me take another sip of cider. What is here. a real critic to find genres? <laughs> Listen, in my name, it's bad critic emphasis. On no, the I mean, I get it. I get it, what you mean. Yeah. That's why I think like a lot of horror is fantasy, but because of the genre associations with fantasy and the primary fans of horror, like they don't want to blend mm, or like mm. those things. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you guys both were talking, I've been thinking a lot recently um, about like revenge as a genre and how is that even its own genre? I feel like it's mostly a sub genre mm-hmm. of other things, right? I agree. And it can fit into almost anything. And is it, what, is it even a genre? I don't know. But yeah, I've been exploring that a lot too. It, it's it's in genre. The genre conversation is a very, can be very frustrating because as soon as you try to define it, it just gets all willy nilly and kind of leaks out everywhere and doesn't really work how you want it to work. You, as soon as you try to define it, you start thinking of exceptions. It's, it's the same fluid. with any kind of art. Like yeah. when you look at paintings, it's very hard to say these are all exactly the same type of this kind yeah. of expression. Yeah, for you sure. You can kind of group them, but like they're all different enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also feel like it's so, it's like super, obviously it's, it's subjective to like who's watching it, but like not just like, who's watching it but also like what age you are when you're watching some stuff because like mm, yeah. at least like for me and again this kind of plays into like is the movie playing off of a type some sort of fear and are they like really heightening that and like trying to convey that and i don't know like as as a kid one of my like biggest fears was just being lost and mm. like so many kid movies focus on like that, like that being like their like hero journey, them finding their way home or whatever. And like movies just like that's focused on that, like the wizard of Oz. That's like the whole thing with Dorothy trying to do that. Besides the other terrifying things in there, like the monkeys and the witch that that on its own scared the crap out of me as a kid. Mm. But you know, if you go in and watching that as an adult, I doubt that really resonates as much i don't know maybe it does but um i feel like it also just depends on who you are how old you are when you watch it and like what your life experiences are for fears too i i feel like house on haunting of hill house gets weirder and scarier the more life experience you have yes yeah, there's a few movies that are like that. If there's a few movies I've experienced where I'll, I've watched them like as a teenager or in my early 20s and I was like, oh, whatever. And then I rewatch it in my 30s and I'm destroyed for the rest yes. of it. Like, like Mulholland <laughs> Drive did that for me. Like, okay, well, there's, there's, a, there's a director if you want to get into what genres this person in is David Lynch. But like yeah. Mulholland Drive is a movie that I did not understand in my 20s. And... The older I get, the more it just really rips me apart. For sure. I feel like that's true of, on the other side, like, death becomes her. Mm. I can't wait if I live that long to watch it in my 50s and 60s. True, true. 
Yeah. I'm so happy you brought that because Death Becomes Her is a movie I was thinking a lot about just like when I was trying thinking about defining genre because we did that movie. Oh, my God. Like at the beginning of the year, I think. And but I remember when we released it, somebody commented that like this isn't a horror movie and that like, like and they agreed that there are horror elements, but it doesn't make it a horror movie, which like I find. I find interesting. I don't know if I'm so bullish to say it's wrong. Even though I, I think, think they're it wrong. Is. It is but, that it's or a horror movie with comedic elements and yeah, fantastical elements. Yeah, it's a horror elements. comedy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So like that, that definition I just read, like I was trying to think how does the horror comedies fit into this? But again, this, it this is just perfectly. talking about, it, yes, yeah. it's just talking about the subject matter and like it's trying to create, I think one of the best words in here is like trying to create feelings of repulsion. Mm-hmm. And you are really like disgusted and repulsed yeah. by like besides like the body gore, just like the way people act in that movie too, and and it's definitely centered around like the macabre and death, but like it's kind of packaged in like this lighter, <laughs> lighter envelope. Well, okay, but, I it's also kind of funny. I want to bring Ellie into one of our classics that has come up a couple times now, which is that movie is absurd. Is absurd always? funny i think no but it gets packaged as comedic pretty much always now well i think that's actually a good question and i think that's something that also relies on the the audience because i think horror comedy the comedy is the response to the horror right instead of the horror causing you to be disgusted or shocked or ter- your response is not, oh, no, your response is, oh, that's a joke in a horror comedy specifically. But the the mechanism of what's happening is still the same. So I think absurd falls into that. Some people find absurdist humor very, very, very funny. And other people like it's the same way some people like find sarcasm very useful and other people don't. I think that's just like a spectrum of, of what is funny to people. Mm. Going into something that's not so funny. Um, <laughs> Good transition. Be, well, uh, not, not transitioning yet into the Dinosaurs. movie, but like talking. <laughs> well, because like I, I just going back to that comment that I got, but like you know, it has horror elements, but it's right. not horror. Right. Me trying to think about because like that like really stuck with me about like elements of horror and like and like I try to th- I think maybe this is because like I come from like a. I don't know, like scientific backgrounds. So I was trying to think like very analytic or quantitate what percentage mm. of horror elements make up a movie and does that equate genre? And which is way too nitty gritty to get into something like this. That's not nuanced enough. But I was, cause I was thinking about it cause I was like, all right, you know, if it's only like 5% of a movie, I could like maybe see an argument. But I recently rewatched Titanic for like the first time as like an adult. And which is like a three hour movie. And I the whole, want that one in this series because I have a firm opinion. <laughs> the whole second half of the movie, which the second half of Titanic is 90 minutes. Right. Is terrifying to me. And especially as an adult, there's way more so fears I got from it. Sad and yes. so sad. Yeah. Yes. So I was just like, okay, that's 90 minutes, which normally makes up in 100% of another movie. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, I, I guess, you know, maybe this is later on the docket, but like people never call Titanic a horror movie, even though like 90 minutes of it is horrific. I think I think Gen Z might be starting to. Oh, OK. Well, so, so there's hope. 
but I think that's that's when I was like trying to define what a horror movie is. You know, I think a lot of drama, if you just edited it a different way, would be a could be a horror movie. The heightened emotions, if you think about it, melodrama, where like people kill each other and people die and they're cheating on each other and it's all these shocking reveals or whatever kind of drama happens. If you cut it a different way, it could be horror. It could be a horror movie, right? just talking about this stuff I could go <laughs> I like seriously like this is really fun but we I feel like it's time to get into the um let's do it the the bu- 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 the main topic of today uh Jurassic Park is it horror I guess like maybe just we can just go around the horn and just like just say just plainly state whether or not we think it is I I'll start by saying I would say yes I absolutely think that this is a horror movie yes uh, it 100%. is absolutely it is uh, 100% a horror movie nice <laughs> We're all in agreement. Love it. I wasn't sure that would happen. Let's find something to fight about. Well, we probably don't all agree about why. (laughs) I saw... Okay, so I saw... Now that we've revealed all our cards, I saw the results of that Twitter... Or no, the Instagram poll that you put up, Rucker. And I was shocked that people were saying no. I was uh, shocked. Yeah, I think like I can't remember if I did it on Twitter as well, but I think like Twitter got like the opposite reaction that I got from Instagram. But like, uh, I guess like like for like Instagram, I had uh, Dustin from Dustin Can Read. He just straight up said no. Mm. He said no. It's sci-fi adventure with horror elements, which like I so disagree. Let's try and win Dustin over to our side. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's the attitude. It's, it's not beat him into submission, but like, hey, like you have some points, but like we can we, we can flesh these out a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, we also had Spooky Alexander, Alex, who's also a writer over at Horror Press. He said yes, but only the original. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. interesting to think. Interesting. Too. I I mean, I have thoughts about the Lost World as well. Mm. Yeah. It is like its own thing. Yes. And then we also have that point on pike streak uh she, she said uh, more of a monster movie so yeah a subgenre of that which I, I agree and then i believe like kind of like the last one the other two were you two who said yes like hardcore um, <laughs> i was like who said no i'm gonna fight them <laughs> take on the academy said i'd say it's science fiction first horror second interesting Yes, we're which definitely is gonna fight about science fiction, and like again, not that there's a right answer. Just I have opinions. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think for me, the whenever like I get into this conversation with people, my first argument is that for this being a horror movie, is that this movie opens up with a kill. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's where I started too. That was absolutely my first, and not just a kill. It's dark, it's shadowy, it's tense. There's people yelling, it's chaos. And you can't, like, again, one of the thi- or first things I said was, like, it, it, it's it's not just the story, it's how it's put together and what you're seeing. And the way that opening sequence is edited is absolutely horror, hands down. There's no two ways about it. The way you see just flashes of the creature, mm-hmm. um, the fear the on the on body eyes, parts, the, body yeah, parts. Like, yeah, the oh. fear in the workers—they don't know what's 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 about to 
what this thing is. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, the eyes, the cut between the eyes of the Velociraptor and the eyes of the hunter, and then the hand slowly disappearing. I mean, that hand is burned into my Shoot. brain. It's Shoot so good. <laughs> and then the fade yeah. into the water. Yeah. 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 Yes. So uh, I love everything you just said, Ellie, and it's echoed by like some of the research I was doing, but like some other people that had written articles about this. Mm -hmm. I also want to say that the BBC is on our side because they think that this is a horror movie too. About anything. So I did. So it's actually kind of serendipitous that we're talking about this because I didn't realize that this is the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Oh my God. It's actually Mm -hmm. coming back in theaters uh, in August. So, which I have seen it in theaters before. And I I haven't. You should. I'm gonna it's, go. Yeah, it's, I think I think August 25th is when it's coming back in theaters. But this, I found this good article by uh, Steven Rosenberg, and what exactly what you two are both saying about how that scene, that opening kill, was kind of shot and edited, and it's very uh, Spielbergian, of course, with like mm-hmm. it's teasing the monster, kind of like how he does in Jaws. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg has kind of even said himself that he sees this as the sequel to Jaws. It's just Jaws, but on land. Is on land, he, yeah. Yeah. And with the 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 killings that are in this, as both you said about how it's edited, as what Rosenberg kind of talked about in his article about how like there are deaths in this, but it's not just the deaths that make it horror. It's the matter of how they happen. Like people are ripped to shreds in this and there's gore and it's, it is definitely intended to try to frighten yes. the audience yeah can we can we take a minute and talk about our experiences with this movie when when we sure. first saw them yeah um because like i i credit this movie so i think the reason i came in so hot with like absolutely this is a horror movie is i credit this movie with like awakening the horror nerd within me as a child oh, wow. watching it like i watched it with the family and i remember my my like older cousins were like, I think I was like 10. Okay, now I'm dating myself. I was like 10 years old, I think, when I watched it. <laughs> and I remember my older cousins being like, okay, well, if it gets too scary, we can turn it off. Like, don't, cause I was one of the younger ones in the room. And I literally was sitting so close to the TV because I just wanted to be in it. And it, it literally, like, it is like, I don't know. I felt like I was on fire. My whole brain was on fire after this movie. And it literally, once it ended, I was like, can we watch that again? Like, I need to re-tap into whatever chemicals this dumped into my brain. (laughs) I need more of it. I need it right now. So, like, to me, this movie has always been a horror movie. and And it really was one of the first big things I latched onto so much so that when the sequel came out, it's like one of the only times my parents let me skip school, which is like we, me and my sister, she, they, my parents got me and my sister out of school early to go see oh, the wow. sequel in the movie theater. So, um, nice. yeah, no, I think I was, a, I mean, I must've been, ve- I think it was the first VHS tape I ever bought too. Like I bought it with my wow. allowance money. Dang. So like this movie for me is like a big milestone in general. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have that same sort of uh, yeah. story too, because like this, this hits different as a kid. Cause like, you know, cause this movie does kind of open up sort of like the wonders and possibilities of things. Cause like a, a decent portion of this movie is being like, wow, just like the spectacle of yes. bringing dinosaurs back to life. Like how amazing yes. would that be? Yeah. And then it goes to, well, this is why we shouldn't do it. <laughs> the horror of discovery. Like, I will argue yes. there is no exploration and discovery movie that is not horror. Interesting. 
I don't think it's possible. Just like just just uh, like like whenever like people are pushing boundaries of something, I think the, the the realizations of things in real time are often horror. Well, and also I think like if you're going to make a movie about a new discovery, wh- why bother making a movie if everything just turns out fine? Like that's well, not really I, an interesting story. There's a there's a book that is not classified as horror. It is not classified as horror at all. But I found it utterly horrifying. And I would classify it as horror for the emotions yeah. that it put in me. But it's like thoughtful sci-fi. Mm, mm, interesting. And I'm like, I never want to read that again. <laughs> You've traumatized me. Thoughtful sci-fi. Okay. You guys experience with this with this movie then. Sorry, I nerded out a bit. F- oh, over that. no, you're fine. I literally can't remember a time I hadn't seen this movie. Mm. I mean, it, like you, I watched this constantly on VHS yeah. uh, over at my dad's like all the time as a kid. But I was already traumatized and scarred by like other horror things I've been <laughs> exposed to that I don't think like really I, I specifically remember as a kid being mostly scared during like the kitchen scene like with the two kids yeah like, that's just natural yes but like i remember being like scared but like it was like exhilarating like i wasn't like yes. please turn this off i was like i need how scary more of this like yes yeah, yeah exactly uh or early what about you same thing like i don't remember a time that i didn't see this which is also crazy because my mom i remember wouldn't let me see titanic when it came out so how did I end up seeing Jurassic Park young? No mm. clue. It had to be like at a sleepover. I went to a lot of sleepovers and I bet yeah. it was one of those. I bet this was a great sleepover movie though. I mean. <laughs> I can only imagine because my mom wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons and I f- fought her for months over Titanic. But somehow I was seeing things like Jurassic Park. I mean, Jurassic Park was marketed to kids though. Like it, That's it true. I bet was... it was on TV. And all oh, the merchandising sure. with it. Yeah. Yes. Right. Oh, I remember I played a, a game. I had a book. Oh, like yeah. there was stuff with it for kids. Well, wh- when I rewatched it last night, I was like, this movie is an ad. Like the movie is an ad. <laughs> it is, yeah. Not for an actual yeah. specific park, but it's an ad for probably what they were already in the middle of building is something in Disneyland, right? Like something or yeah. something in Universal. I, I can't well, remember. Don't they I have the or they had extent. a Jurassic Park experience where you'd like get I'm sure. in the Jeep? I never went to it, but I I seem to remember that. But, you know, there's that there's that shot that pans over before like Laura Dern and uh, oh, now I'm forgetting the actor who plays Hammond. Oh, dear. Oh, Sorry. Richard Attenborough. Sorry, Richard Attenborough, of course. So, you know, they, before they have this, like, very deep philosophical conversation. Yes. It's like this pan of, like, here's the merch you can buy, kids, and here are the toys you can buy, kids. And then, like, let's talk about the meaning of life. It's the Jurassic Park. This is a weird movie because there's some very deep and nuanced discussions about the meaning of life. And as a child, I was just like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Good, got it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Let's get to the kitchen scene. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's why it's horror, because it moves in those extremes. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. You're extremely thrilled and exhilarated. You're extremely tense and, like, sitting there watching it. Like, you're running from the rafters with Laura Dern. Like, you're mm-hmm. in it. It's so good. Like it, like you said, Orly, it has like all these moments too where like you're like running with them, but also like it likes to pause to kind of just like kind of reflect a little bit on what's happening too. And it kind of like gets you a moment to be like, this is messed up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like the best horror that we've watched has the like, has that cadence of like, 
big feeling, take a pause, big feeling, take a pause. Like it's Mm -hmm. not just a constant onslaught, which I think is also kind of a horror stereotype that like it's just going to be coming at you the whole time or there's just going to be blood spraying in your face. And it's like, no, there there are moments where it brings you down so that it can scare you again. Exactly. And I feel like when it is the opposite, like when it's just like constantly going, 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 that's action movie. That's not Mm -hmm. because like action wants to keep you. Right. They don't want you to think. They don't want you to pause. Like, what are we doing here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then but then there's movies like The Evil Dead where it just comes at you the whole time (laughs) with with gore and everything. So like there's always exceptions. But I think one of the other things I had for this being a horror movie, I have, I have a few things listed here, but uh, there's two things I kind of like likened this to or like paralleled it to in horror. I'll go with the first one with like, this is kind of of a retelling of Frankenstein almost, you know, Ooh. where like Hammond is Victor okay. Frankenstein and the dinosaurs are his monsters. They're, yeah. His monsters are amoral. They're just there, but like they end up being the villain of the movie, even though they're just they're, they're just, just running wild animals yeah they're, they're just animals doing what animals are supposed to do and hammond won't accept his own hubris and that like he yes. doesn't have this under control mm-hmm. and he's actually really the villain of the movie but like that yeah. gets yeah. misinterpreted yeah and and like the the sort of theme in this movie or the lesson of this movie is that like you know what they say really early on life finds a way right so you can't control it. This is not something that you can control. And I do love that, like, the villain is the corporation, right? The villain mm-hmm. is is his, like, like, imagine you're like, I recreated an entire dinosaur that was extinct. And what am I going to do? I'm going to make a fucking theme park out of it? Really, bro? That's what you're going to do? You're not going to use that technology to, like, save animals from extinction that exist. You're not going to do all kinds of other research. You're going to, like, I'm going to make a theme park. Right. Like that's the villainy of this story is not just that they were the 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 sort of audacity of trying to recreate life, but then trying to recreate life in a way that can be contained and profited in a a profited from in a very like calculated way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like in Frankenstein, it is like this character that is trying to create life from Mm. unnatural means. And Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like the movie kind of, like, at least for me on this rewatch, because I was, like, really trying to pay attention to Hammond in this, and it kind of gave me, like, I I firmly believe he is the villain of the movie, but, like, it did give me some, like, mixed emotions on how to feel about him, because it's, like, his, it seems that his motivations are really just to, like, he wants people to experience this wonder, like, he is going to profit off of it, but, like, he's even tried, like, tell the lawyer, like, no, like, this should be for everybody, not just Mm -hmm. the super rich. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, like, it's kind of, like, this weird thing. And, like, the... the I think uh, it's his ego a lot of it. Like, yes, he wants everyone to have oh. the thrill that he has provided. Yes, that he exactly. has created and curated and molded for I think them. That's the, yeah. I think that's the more correct read. I like, like he that. doesn't just want it to exist in the world. Well, and, in fact, they even... You even see that in the scene. Also, like, s- side note, this is a very... Uh, well-written movie technically if you go back and look at it because every scene will show you how the technology in that scene is supposed to work and then immediately break it show you how people can misuse it Mm -hmm. how it just fails or just doesn't do the thing that people say that it's going to do it's a very well-crafted story but in this scene 
where they're doing that tour through what this like show will be. And they're on that sort of like moving seat platform and they're mm-hmm. kind of locked in, you know, he's Hammond is so miffed. He's showing a bunch of like scientists who've dedicated their lives to researching this kind of thing. Like, Oh, and here's our lab where we make all the dinosaurs anyway, moving on. And they're like, no, we want to see that. Like we have questions about that. And he's like, well, that's not what the tour is keep showing the things that I want you to be amazed at and, and, and whatever. And then immediately like, you know, the three scientists like pull, like, you know, figure out how to like break the little barrier that keeping them in. And they're like, yeah, whatever the, whatever dude, we're, we're going to go check out this cool shit over here. So like that really, sh- and I, and he's so upset about it. Like it really shows you how, like you said, it's his ego, even though it's masked and not something that's like mean or mm-hmm. vicious, it's still, very destructive right he hasn't invited them for their expertise he invited them as experts yes to approve his thing and say it's cool and good job yes yeah exactly he's trying to show off and showboat a little bit and Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's a really good point about him wanting to i've never thought about that about him wanting to skip over the scientists because it's also kind of like no let's not talk about their accomplishments let's go on to like other things that i've done like i want to show you the people i recruited like the like muldoon (laughs) oh my god this is the things i've said i think i think are amazing and it's like well what you think isn't the same as what other people think my guy like uh let's just be cool here, you know? I also mm-hmm. think this gets to why I don't think it's science fiction. I think it's firmly horror because it's not like this scientific discovery will change the world. It's like we did a thing that we probably shouldn't have done and look what we did. And like we also kind of broke the dinosaurs maybe, but like we're going to make a spectacle out of this. Mm-hmm. I kind of disagree on that just a little bit just because I do feel like it is science fiction just because like – because like a lot of stuff that they talk about is like oh yeah this is like kind of similar to like CRISPR technology that like we're working on now mm. and so like which was also kind of going on like the nineties as well. I mean, well. there's but, a, like, I, I there's a base. If you take anything from a mosquito, it, like, it's going to be a mosquito. So. Yes. <laughs> that's kind of what like it. That's the the magic part where it's like science magic. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not science fiction. It's like could that be possible? Maybe. Are we going to be able to do that? No. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like, I don't know, like, I've done like a lot of, I've like watched like, so many TED talks because, like, you know, I don't know if y'all seen the TED talk where like they have like re-engineered a chicken to be a T-Rex, and like they even like, had <laughs> no, it to like it grew what? like a big tail and like it this got is like just teeth. cruelty at this point. So, well, I mean, like you know, it's it's life imitating art right there, but uh, it's <laughs> like but, that was um, a consciousness. Maybe. So, so I don't know. I felt like that there was. I mean, like it's not like super sound science or anything but i was like oh yeah like i understand like what they're getting at like they're, they're they're playing around with like known theories of cloning and like how dna works like okay like they're playing with like real terms and stuff but like mm-hmm. they're Is definitely are the taking line? an extra 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 leap like it because then that gets into a really interesting place where something is science fiction and then becomes fantasy as science evolves right well and i mean this is 1993 so the movie literally has to explain to the audience what oh, DNA yeah. is, <laughs> literally. Yeah. I mean, th- the human genome had not been sequenced yet, would not be sequenced for another 10 years. We weren't talking about cloning. Yeah, so like <laughs> part of what this movie is doing, I'm, although I'm sure they did tons of research, 
to like make it as accurate as possible. Cause again, that's another good marketing trick to be able to say that it's as accurate as it can be, whatever. But you know, part of the movie is literally explaining what DNA is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the book is far more science fiction than the movie. I think that's also why I say so because the book is heavy science mm. plus fiction. The mm-hmm. movie is more science magic. Interesting. Yeah, the, the movie's kind of like we kind of got people to like, just digest this real quick. <laughs> right. But the book, like Crichton actually dives into like why these things seemed possible in 1993, who mm. was talking mm. about it, the presentations that were happening at the time. Like it's much mm-hmm. more based in real science than the movie kind of shows off like yeah this young guy just grabbed him out of college and he made dinosaurs (laughs) (laughs) i think one of the other so i kind of said like i kind of like parallel this to frankenstein yes Mm -hmm. besides like the obvious monster movie i feel like that this kind of also has a similar structure to like a slasher too with like a group of people they are being picked Mm -hmm. off one by one Mm-hmm, throughout yeah. the movie rules are definitely being broken <laughs> <laughs> there are like no rules <laughs> yeah so like and again we kind of talked about like the matter of that people die in this and there are also in slashers we get chase scenes there are multiple chase scenes in this too which are just great chase mm-hmm, scenes too mm-hmm. but uh what what are some like the other like kind of like criteria that y'all have for like why this counts as horror I'd say no one is safe. Even the children like get electrocuted, get like eaten up, get grabbed by things. Like no well, one is I mean, safe. The first scene where there's danger, it is the children that are in danger, right? right. Like, can we talk about that that T Rex scene at night? <gasps> and so, scary. so good. Just like re- eat, just it's such a masterpiece. I would I would be so excited to watch this again on the big screen with like maybe a little bit extra rendering around like sort of the black spaces because it looks so good still the way Mm. it moves, the way they construct it. But yeah, like the, it's the horror of this movie starts with for in earnest, aside from the opening scene with the children being in danger and screaming and not knowing how to do it. And you see that, you see that mirrored on the face of Neil uh, Sam Neil and Jeff Goldblum's characters yeah. who are like the least dad like characters <laughs> right one's like a hor- kind of a horny asshole and the other one's like <laughs> just like hates children <laughs> like a forever bachelor yeah always looking for the future Mrs. X of an album <laughs> and Sam Neil's like children are smelly which I'm like such a man of my own heart you know <laughs> but like but like they're immediately afraid you know they're the they're quote unquote good guys versus the lawyer who runs away because they're afraid for the children like you are, you know? So yeah, that, that whole sequence that kicks off the action of this movie, that's, that's horror through and through. You can't say it's anything other than, uh, it's not anything else. And it just keeps getting worse. Like the stakes keep getting higher and higher and higher. And you're like, Oh my God, they're not going to like throw a kid off the side of like a ravine. And they do. But they should. (laughs) (laughs) And then they do. And then like the bathroom gets like, stomped and eaten well you literally like you see a guy get like picked (laughs) up again like this is burned into my i think (laughs) it really affected me in a way that i'm just now maybe i'll talk to my therapist next week about it but like it like you know i remember people being like it's gonna be kind of gory and i'm like yeah give me more (laughs) this was great you know he just chomps the lawyer 
and rips them apart. And I was like, yeah, sign me up for this shit for the rest <laughs> of my life, please. Thank you. Oh, similarly and related, the water effect throughout the movie. So yes. simple, so effective for building tension. Just watching water or the, the puddle use of water, or the cup, yeah. like the rain. It's all done really well. Yes, and that's like something else I had was that like there are several motifs in this movie that you're conditioned to be scared of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like throughout this like like that stomping and also the uh this is not not so much the motif, but like Sam Neill's character because I feel like the first like three scenes of the movie are trying to condition you to be like you should be scared of raptors. And cuz yes. like they show yeah, the opening absolutely. kill and then the whole Sam Neill thing just giving this kid a child heart attack uh (laughs) i mean that's a psycho thing to do like let's just agree that's psycho behavior yes (laughs) but i'm here i'm not mad about it i mean again horror exaggerate things even small things like that can be exaggerated to help build out the world but again that scene where he's giving that spiel to the kid one, it sets up for you, the audience, what to be afraid of, but it also sets up him as a character who understands what the danger is. So when he sees the dinosaurs, you and he's asking all these questions, you understand the tension between him and the corporation because mm. this is the guy who understands what the danger is. And he's like, wait, you're what do you mean you've created these things that are that are clearly hunters and predators that like we are no longer at the top of the food chain if you've made these creatures, you know? Mm-hmm. that's a good point too like we we because we know what dinosaurs are and i feel like the public has a fondness for dinosaurs we're not like those are monster demons but honestly if someone just like created those things and put them on an island mm-hmm. you would be like dude this is island of dr moreau shit like what are you doing yeah of course they're, well i mean who was it that someone had in your comments said this is a monster movie and they're not wrong like it's definitely part of that's part of it for sure because they are i mean they're uncontrollable that's yes. part of yeah. i think what makes something monstrous is like you can't reason with them they don't understand plus who knows if they came back the same if you could even understand them mm-hmm. there's all these yeah. layers to it yeah like how much of that frog dna really fucked up what they <laughs> actually do for you sure. know and i mean so two points that I think like even recent research about dinosaurs suggests that they do have like they don't really look like that. They don't have yeah. this like leathery skin. They had a lot more bright colors. They could have even had a lot of feathering and like fur and all this other textures to them. But also like I think it's really interesting what Guillermo del Toro talks about monsters. If you've ever heard him talk about creature design, he will say, you know, a good monster is is you have to design a monster the monster of your story at rest. You, It's not just about when they're roaring and chasing someone and being mm-hmm. scared. You have to design, what do they look like when they're, when they're relaxed? Because it's an animal and like any other animal, you know, it's a product of its environment. And so a good monster movie is taking this monster and putting it in an environment it doesn't understand. So the tension is not coming from it being evil and trying to kill you and hunt you, though that's what kind of the velociraptors are. <laughs> it's like this is they're 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 scared in a new environment, and and this is just a situation you have to escape mm-hmm. or resolve. So interesting because you can also flip that and describe the people in the situation and the reason that like the raptors should be scared. And in some a parts of the percent. movie, you are like, hey, I'm I don't want to be on an island with raptors, but I don't want you to kill all of them either. 
Like, well, how could you do this? You brought them to life. You're responsible for them. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's another horror element that we haven't talked about yet that I think really is important to this movie, which is the sound design. Mm. The sound that, design. The T-Rex sound. Oh, my the God. The sound of the T-Rex, the sound of the Velociraptors, the way that people so scream good. in this movie. Excuse me, Laura Dern with the arm on her hand. They're like, I think we're oh. back in business. And then she's like. Oh my god! But like also that gore, Lex, like real gore there too. It's so it's good. one of the only yeah. real gore moments in the movie. I think oh, it's so a- fucking. Scary. Apparently that's the because that was Samuel L. Jackson's like yes you know, yeah. Arm. Apparently they were supposed to have like a much like like he was supposed to have like an actual death scene that was supposed to be very graphic, oh. but like an actual hurricane did hit the the Go. island when they were filming and it destroyed oh, the set they were going to do so they just oh, went with this oh yeah we haven't even talked about that horror almost always has some like outside pressure or external pressure bearing down on our characters yes yeah. it it like i love it too because like that's one of my favorite like little check boxes for horror is like people stuck on an island during yeah. a storm and yeah. this is it you know <laughs> yeah the reason that you can't get away from the thing that's trying to kill you you need a reason right and, right like, with cell, now that we have cell phones, you have to add in this whole other explanation of like, why do people's cell phones not work, right? But pre cell phone times, yeah, you need a you need a reason why people can't just like walk away from it, mm-hmm. yeah, walk away from the thing trying to kill them. Speaking yeah. of the sound design, I always think of the like, you have to say yeah, the magic, the magic word, word. <laughs> and it's like it's in such a moment of tension where like even Samuel Jackson is like, God damn it, and you're like, how do I feel right now? I hate I, this hacker shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, hold on to your butts is just, like, That's such so a good. good line. And also, like, just, he's holding on to that cigarette yes. with, like, like a centimeter oh, of, like, I know, of, there's of so much, ad- so- but that's just, like, the severity of the situation. He's like, hold on to your butts with that, like, this, the, a- the amount of ash on the end of that cigarette with the way the smoke is billowing up, like, oh, it's it's beautiful. By the way, while we're talking about all like the the hacker stuff and like Wayne Knight's character, Dennis, Nidri, Nidri Den- yeah, Dennis. I, I don't know if either of you have seen Oppenheimer yet, but no. did y'all notice that he had a picture of Oppenheimer on his computer, like to to the left of it? I no, did I didn't know notice that. that. Yeah, I I was I saw that and I, I paused it. I looked at my wife. I was like, oh my god, and. I wonder if that was kind of like a little like quite an Easter egg Easter egg of about like, you know, like how far have we pushed boundaries? What have we now unleashed onto the, oh, the, yeah. the world with this? Yeah. Although at the same time, he seems to not care, which is that kind of blase character in a horror movie when you're like, how can you be like this? Like that also inspires something in you, you know, mm-hmm. and his end that is straight up horror. That is not anything else. Oh, yeah. That was a whole that scene, that's that was another one that like really did terrify me because like every time oh, yeah. the, the the acid spits, like my I like I, I feel my eyes tingle trying yeah. to get it out, and but he's like stumbling and it's raining and he falls. Oh, and you're just like oh, and the and then the little thing is like chirp chirp. Oh, I mean this, but like the sound of that dinosaur when it starts to scream with the rattling sound. Holy shit. Really Let's scary. also not forget Wayne's uh, Wayne Knight's screams are amazing too. Yes, like in that. Yeah, but this is what I mean. Like that could have you know you could have had that character. He leaves, he runs off, and then they find his dead body later on. Right. Yeah. But like you have a death scene. It's another kill. 
that which you only find in horror movies. Action movies don't do kill scenes like that, right? Well, yeah, mm. and that wasn't for the characters. That was just for us. Literally, the just because like, they don't no find idea. him. Right. They don't find him at all later on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's not even like a like a rescue mission there's to try no, to look for no. him. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, the that that little like, vignette with him too. It does end with that Barbasol can kind of just being like buried underneath the mud yeah, and it's, yeah, it, that, that is like kind of ominous too about like someone else like That's even if we so resolve this there's still a chance that somebody it's still finds out this. there yes yeah well i think like i i may i might have invented this in my own head but i think that there was like maybe an intention of like using that in a sequel at some point i think so too like actually yeah. that someone went back and like recovered it and yeah like, still managed to use it from the other company yeah yeah, another thing that's horrific is like the the corporate espionage that's in. There. Oh my <laughs> yes. god! Well, yeah, of course, because it's like not only has someone created this incredible technology that they're going to just use to like sell merchandise, essentially, <laughs> but like, yeah, multiple people want it to do that same thing, right? So, but it's also, but to me, it's kind of also showing that like. Not only is he like training like to animal, like the dinosaurs, you know, it was like his herd to keep. He's also like he he like scooped up all of the scientists that mm-hmm. can work on this. He's like, they're mine yes. and they're living yeah. on the island with me, and mm-hmm. I know what they're doing all the time. It's pretty creepy. Like he basically has an island compound where his secret lab is. It's like a villain's lair island. Well, I think another version of this movie would have him be actually be villainous in the movie yes. where he's like revealed to like he's also like cloning humans or like doing incredible weird yeah, shit absolutely. yeah exactly yeah the, d- the dna came from me not frogs yeah yes. oh my <laughs> they're all my children biologically speaking <laughs> oh no now that we've said that someone's definitely making it <laughs> well like <laughs> I have this like side quest where like I am like have been trying to write a short story about transhumanism for a long time, which is like what rich billionaires try to do to extend mm-hmm. their lives. Mm. And every time I try to like, I think I've figured up with the thing to make the story run. Like some fucking rich asshole does something way more psychotic than I could ever possibly imagine. Yeah, I'm never like, gonna finish give me this your story. blood, children. Yeah, I'm gonna give have a child and just cycle my blood so I can live through ever. <laughs> what the fuck anyway sorry that was a side tangent oh it's welcomed <laughs> i mean i do kind of think like on that idea and to hammond's ego uh, like i think that's a crucial part of horror too is kind of like the thing that you want desperately is the thing that will like bring about your end yes because like in order you to not let go thing, of yeah. yes like that will be your undoing because you're obsessed mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's so good. I, I think, I don't know, the, the character of, of Hammond, I think, is, like, kind of interesting just from, like, everything we've talked about here. Yeah, should he have survived and gotten off the island? I don't. I feel like if he hadn't gotten off the island, this would be true horror, and everyone I, would know it. Doesn't he, I think he perishes in the book, I think. I think so, too. Yeah, so it's kind of, like, interesting that they kept him around. The end. I guess maybe he, they, they made him too much of like a grandpa <laughs> in it. Yeah. Well, I think the writer, actually, I think this is the same writer as Death Becomes Her, weirdly enough that we mentioned Really? It. I'm, maybe I miss, fascinating. I'm misquoting that. Uh, like yeah. David uh, Krepp or Cope. Yeah. Yeah. But he changed around a lot of the characters from the book. So he made Hammond 
much more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And I think he reversed the ch- he swapped the children the the made the the boy younger than in in the book. And I think that even the characters of like the scientists are like swapped around quite a bit. Yeah, it's pretty different from the book. Like I always recommend people read the book if they want like mm-hmm. the sciencey side of it because it really digs in. For sure, for sure. But the mm-hmm. movie is way more hor- like visual horror. Yeah. Well, I think again, like that's it's how it's constructed, right? Like these death sequences, like we haven't talked about the hunter scene yet with the way the leaves move it's in so just scary. the right way. <laughs> Clever girl. It's so Clever good. Clever girl. I love how it's foreshadowed too when yes. Sam Neill is like giving this kid a heart attack about like yes. you know like no the, the attack they're comes already from the coming side. in from the side and mm-hmm. you're like well do you know I kind of want you to die but not like this because you just mm-hmm. know he's getting annihilated by these raptors yeah I kind of liked Mo- Muldoon because like he like respected he had yes. a lot more respect for That's them. True. Hammond, Hammond doesn't did. respect any of the animals or people. Yeah, because he. This is also like another like level of like it being scary. Is that like not only like are these like really strong beasts that can rip you up? They're really fucking smart too, and that's his whole yeah. thing. He's like they're like really intelligent creatures, and like, and you know, he he. It's obvious he has a lot more respect for them than Hammond does. Yeah. I want to bring up another horror thing that is specifically because of when it was made. It it wouldn't be exactly the same today, but I think the gender swapping element also introduces some horror. And by that, I mean the fact that they make a point to talk about in order to recreate the dinosaurs, they had to introduce this like androgynous element. I feel like that is kind of a core part of horror. Or at least, especially in the 90s, there was a lot of, like, gay panic, trans panic kind of vibes around horror. Interesting. I'm pulling that out of nowhere, by the way, but just... A meme with the... When Jurassic World came out that everyone, like... Didn't that go around the internet? Everyone, like, put, like, high heels on all the dinosaur scenes? Oh, yeah, they did. Because they're like, well, they're all girls, so this is a girl boss movie, right? That's because Bryce Dallas Howard was running around in these like five inch heels the whole time. Oh, right, right, right. That's why right, right. I did not like that movie. Um, <laughs> Speaking of this movie being an ad, that movie, Jurassic World, is it just like oh. a Mercedes ad? Like, yeah, I mean, in comparison, this is the Mona Lisa. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I turned that movie off. Sorry, I don't know if this like. Whoop annoy people no, if you like okay. the movie it's fine but that movie also does direct references to the original movie there's a scene where they're the kids are in the like j- like ball gyro oh, yeah. thing. Thing. Yeah. and there's a literal shot like again jurassic park is burned into my brain the shot where the two kids are in the car and the t-rex comes crashing through and they're holding up the glass well they recreated that shot in jurassic world except it's in the middle of the day there's no stakes there's no yeah. atmosphere i'm like Y'all, what was scary wasn't the shot itself. What was scary is that, like, I have been on edge for, like, an hour and five minutes when this T-Rex finally comes crashing in. And, like, you've done none of that buildup in this movie. So we don't have to talk about the the No, it's okay. I think it makes sense because those don't have the same vibes. They don't feel like horror movies. Right, exactly. And, but it's kind of interesting with, like, this trend of horror, like, kind of, like, eating itself a little bit because, like, the, the Jurassic world movie kind of like treats itself like all like these horror requels that we've been seeing because it is kind of like a rehash of jurassic park with just like 
updating it a little bit. Um, it is for the but worse. It's, for the worse. Like, yeah, for the worse. It's losing horror. It's losing like that that horror atmosphere that yeah. this has. And um, I don't know. And I think because Orly, you made that point earlier about how like horror likes to. Uh, I'm done talking about Jurassic World, but uh, how horror <laughs> yeah, likes fine. to. Me too. Uh, horror kind of likes you know like like the peaks and valleys, and it gives you moments to to mm-hmm. think. And I feel like this movie, it has that, but it's it's like horror is. It's throughout the whole thing. It's not just like the opening kill and then like it's a fun adventure for the rest of the movie. Like it's it's interwoven into the whole plot of it. I agree. There are moments of discovery that turn into horror along the way. There's Mm -hmm. like losing people, getting lost and separated from each other. Like when we talk about all the different types of horror, I feel like Jurassic Park hits all the different types Mm -hmm. of horror. Yes. It's so good. And I think like one of the other scenes because i feel like we've talked about a few of the key ones like the kitchen i don't know if we really talked about the kitchen cat and mouse everybody thing. knows what the kitchen scene is right like yeah that's so good. everybody knows yeah it, it, again just like burned into my brain that like i even mentioned to a friend of mine a few weeks ago i was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go talk about jurassic park and she immediately you know took her finger into the like the claw on the counter <laughs> right like the way the claw that claw taps on the floor in that scene it's all in our brains forever Even when and ever. Even recall and ever. that, I hear like the screech and the jump yeah. and the pans and like yes, yeah, you know what's coming <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, it's so yeah. well executed. I feel like that scene even transcends like Jurassic Park horror. It is just like such an amazing scene intention. Well, and look at everything we've talked about so far. Like opening scene horror. That's the climax of the movie, right? That's the, that's the final scare before they get chased through the sort of compound to like get out out ultimately like this is bookended there are horror elements throughout it but it is bookended with horror action sequences Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no absolutely and it it, again in the tone is for you to be like freaked out and like on the edge of your seat about these and like i think before yeah yeah yeah, it's 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 like right before i think they get to the kitchen it's like when they're in they're back at like HQ, like that that computer lab. Yeah, and we have this very tense moment of them trying to hold the door closed. Oh my I guess god! Address, I guess well, the right after, right after, yeah. And it's like, and you're like, oh my god, the worst computer software ever. 1993 computer, hurry up! But yeah, but even again, like think about the sound in that scene, right? Like she's trying to like she's trying to figure it out. Yeah. And in the background, you hear the dinosaur screaming, you hear the whole door slamming, and you hear the two adults screaming at each other, like, and you hear the gun going off. That's horror. Yeah. It's yeah. And it, chaos. <laughs> it's also horror, too, because, like, I think that this is the point of the movie. I may, may be getting stuff conflated, but, like, this is when John, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Richard Attenborough and Malcolm are on, like, the the other side of the island, but like they're on the phone with them. Yeah. And mm. the scene ends with just yes. Hammond yes. hearing the gunshots and them having to run for their lives. And he's like, Oh shit, my grandkids. And there's like yeah. silence. Yeah. 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 I mean like th- that's classic horror, just hearing something violent that you can't see and you're just imagining what happened. You're seeing his reaction to imagining what could possibly be going on on mm-hmm. the other side of the phone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and this is after Laura Dern has just run from the arm, like, vaulting yes. over to get back into, like, the main building. Yeah. Laura Dern in this movie is kind of like a 
is a, like a underappreciated final girl almost. <laughs> I mean, she's a full on like Wonder Woman in this movie. <laughs> love she literally like so much. up, her. grabs a branch and like swings over and keeps running. I could not yeah. do that. <laughs> I just love her. I just love her so much. Yeah, no, she 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 she's also like has like moments of like badass in this too because like she's the one like goes out she like she she gets Muldoon's like all right we got to go get them and like she, yeah. she like rescues Malcolm and then mm-hmm. she goes uh, without Muldoon to to the other side oh, of the yeah. island I to get the power never. back on yeah she's so brave in this movie she's oh, like she, yeah, we she's have like, to do this stuff well she's like what what does she say she's like we can discuss the sexual politics of of like post apocalyptic <laughs> <your> sexism <laughs> in another time but like right now we've got some shit to do you know she, she's like one of the only people in the movie that's actually like. Like, like, you know, like actively trying to get stuff done while like yes. Sam Neill is just trying to keep the kids alive, you know? <laughs> I just thought of who, if I were to compare her to someone, who is she? She's Ripley in Aliens. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I was, I was thinking Sarah Connor, but Ripley's probably also, more accurate. Yeah. yeah. But like very same idea, except again, she's not coded as like a horror survivor or like a horror badass. I mean, what I do appreciate about her character is that like, she they don't give her the arc that is like so common with women in action or horror movies where it's like they don't want to be a mom and then they discover they actually do want to be a mom oh yeah and it turned out they're secretly pregnant so they kind of have to get with it anyway (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) no there's like this one it's sam neil that has to go through the dad journey and i I also love how there's like there's no kisses. There's none of this like yeah. lovely stuff. We're just into like horror and dinosaurs and action and survival. But I love their relationship too. Like they're like they like feel like a real partnership. You know? Yeah. Okay, that's something I've always been confused about. Are they like actually a couple in this, or just Samuel just say that to Malcolm so that way he just doesn't just like harass her the oh, whole time i always assumed like the way that like, they hug at the end and the way they're like very physical with each other like they're very c- comfortably physical with each other i would just assume that they were like a long-term partnership but i and now i realize like they never really i was never sure and then they got married to other people in lost world and i was like wait no yeah she has kids in in Jurassic park three she has a whole family yeah and i was like him. so i guess they weren't romantic like is that like I couldn't tell if this was like purely like an academia I don't think you break up thing. after you survive Jurassic Park, right? Like that kind of bonds you. It's like the Hunger Games. I don't like it. <laughs> right? I I'm sorry. Like sorry, I had a moment. <laughs> well, I think it's 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 oddly open to interpretation the relationship because like they don't purposefully a sexless movie. Oh for, yeah, of like course. the marketing and children and like all that. I've just literally oh. never considered that until this very moment, what? and I'm not okay they with They never it. say anything to each other that is remotely like a term of endearment, or they never hold hands, like they never... She's just very like, aw shucks with him. Like she just, I just feel like yeah, she's very you, like... You've met men. <laughs> like imagine he's like your peer at work. I don't interact like that with my peers at work. <laughs> Let's unpack this. Uh, no, this is a, no. <laughs> well, okay. Also, my office is not like the desert, so like we don't live in a trailer. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah, no, no. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know if they were ever together. I don't think. I don't know if they were meant to be together or if we're supposed to be like 
platonic research partner. I don't know. Yeah, I I couldn't tell. I mean, I think I did like a frame by frame thing because like when when we're kind of like first introduced to them and they go up that hill after he scared that kid. Yeah. There's this, it looks like he grabs her ass almost, but like I couldn't tell if it was just like, just like just how his hand fell. I was like, what? what it could have also been Sam Neill. <laughs> like not realizing the camera was like <laughs> Yeah. Listen. I don't know. I don't, is there an answer? There might not be an answer. I'm going to spiral over this, you guys. I'm not okay. <laughs> I've never really have had a firm grasp on what the relationship is. But. Okay, here's here's a question. If it were two dudes and everything was exactly the same, would we think they were in a relationship? Yes. Great question. I'm trying to think. I don't people know. People would ship them a thousand percent. Probably. People, people would ship would, them. Probably, but it wouldn't coding. be like, oh, they're definitely together. It would be like, I wish they were together. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Interesting, interesting, interesting. They just seem to know a lot about each other's lives, but like. You could be work wife and work husband and like mm -hmm. they're out at these digs for a year at a time. I always. Fuck. Like. (laughs) I always took it. I'm not like questioning like what stage Laura Dern is at in her because he's older. But like, like, what stage in her career? Like, is she like a postdoc or is she like done with that? I feel like she's postdoc. At this yeah, point. I feel like they're both like thirty in charge of things. Yeah, like they're he's both. Like, he's like maybe like into the oh, just over the forty hill. Well, and in real life, there there's a twenty year difference between them. Really? really? He's twenty years older than her. Yeah, she was twenty six. He, he was forty six. He looks great for forty six. Samuel, wow. man. Is this, a, is this a time where I can I reveal I have a crush on both Laura Dern and Sam Neill, and this is why it's kind of rocking my world? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this movie and The Mummy are both very much yes. like bisexual awakenings for people. A thousand percent. Yeah. It's like, wait, I'm attracted to everybody and also <laughs> Malcolm. Like, you know, you're just like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. I mean, one of my points of, like, why is this a horror movie is Sam Neill is in it. Sam Neill is a horror icon. He is a horror movie actor. That's true. I still, I'm pushing for us to watch Event Horizon, even though, like, I hate it because it's so You have horrific. to watch the director's cut version. No. I'm trying to remember because you, you just... I tried to sell you on this one multiple times. It's tough. It's, it is straight up gory. horror. I want to watch it. I've it's never seen gory. it. I it do is wanna... space horror. Like a hundred percent. It's great. So you were just talking about like Sam Neill does horror. Spielberg also does horror too. Yes, that's yeah. true. And the the guy who did the special effects for this, the practical effects, I mean, like, like all the puppetry. Yeah. yeah. Stan Winston. Yeah. yeah. He also did. He also made the Predator. He made oh. Edward Scissorhands. Wow. And he also okay. made the Terminator. So he wow. designed all three of those things, which are. At least the first Terminator is like very horror centric. So yes. these yeah. are terrifying killing machines. So, oh yeah, the first the first Terminator is a slasher movie essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is yeah. for sure. That's straight and horror. I, yeah. I think the second one kind of is for half for like half of it, but um, that that's another episode. Um. <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about the ending a little bit, which is for our human protagonists. Yay, uplifting for our dinosaur friends. That's a horror ending for sure. Yes. Like what? What? 
that's not right. <laughs> They're just like now like on the island and I think Hammond is like, don't worry, they're going to die soon. What? That is some dark shit. Sorry, I had to kill a fly. It's fine. It's just the fact that we kind of sit with that where he's like, oh, you know, if we stop doing this thing, they'll just drop fucking dead and then we don't have to worry about anything. And it's like, oh, yeah, because like they have that thing. Protein or like the enzyme. The the enzyme. Yeah. But then they've like like, transcended it, we assume. So now that they just like can reproduce on the island and it's like, so you're just leaving like a dinosaur island? Yeah, I mean that's that, a horror that, setup. That's a horror ending. Like, come on. Yeah, this is this island of monsters. <laughs> right. It's. I've always thought that it doesn't make sense for there to be sequels to this movie because, like, like you know, like the first movie happened. It was like that was a disaster. Nobody would ever like want to try to do that again. But, but it's they like, didn't kill all of them. Exactly. But it's like, but now what do you do with this island of dinosaurs? And like, I had this very, I don't know if y'all have seen that Jason Statham movie, A Death Race. No. Like, kind of like this far future, like dystopian kind of like society where like uh, Death Race is kind of like inmates can <laughs> imagine like NASCAR, but it's only inmates and they have like machine guns and they're racing <laughs> for their freedom. Yeah, it's like Running Man, sort of, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I was thinking maybe like that's what this is, and they just put it's like Hunger Games. They just put like inmates on the island, and like the oh lone survivor God. gets their freedom. I mean, that should be Jurassic World. That's what that should have been. Yes, <laughs> would watch that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also like what the remakes miss with this movie is the sort of like corporate greed aspect of yeah. why the things are so bad. Did you guys? Did it tw- twig for any of you the like there's a line in one of the opening scenes where I think the the head of the digger first meets the the digging crew first meets the lawyer and he's like oh Mr. Hammond hates regulate hates like regulations oh, yeah. it just slows everything down and I immediately thought of like the whole submersible guy right mm. Oh it's like we my have God, so yeah. many real world examples of of like very rich stupid people trying to push forward dangerous technology and people die in that process and that doesn't stop them it doesn't stop people from doing dumb shit with money you know yeah actually so the lost world is my favorite book in the series and the lost world is i really like the movie it's not better than the original for a number of reasons Mm -hmm. but i love the story because i feel like it far more gets into the horror of like this is out there now what happens and like it gets so much worse exponentially fast. That's a really good point because like the second one is far less about like the, the wonder and spectacle of it. It is you just straight up like, all right, we're on the island and we should be terrified. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, y'all know I, what's waiting for you, right? We know we know the audience knows what's waiting for us. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and there's I feel less like fences this movie, now. <laughs> this movie would be called like Pandora Found a Box. Mm. And then the sequels, well, should have been all the sequels, is like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah. Wait, there's more. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right. And like, oh, there's more in this box that we can't control until like literally the dinosaurs like ate us all or something. The first movie is horror. I think we have proven this point. I yeah, and if somebody is still like, no, it's not like just substitute dinosaurs because you know what dinosaurs are. So I feel like like mm-hmm. that's like the disconnect. Substitute dinosaur 
for aliens and like oh it's, my it's god the same movie yeah it, robots yep. same movie viruses yep yep same movie were, i mean i that's also a great virus park would be very scary if someone just starts taking these like the things we're finding in icebergs and then actually oh. like cultivating no, no, them god. just saying <laughs> you just made me shudder my whole body just went Ooh. I need a production company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of any arguments that someone would say to this to like, but it's not horror because it's fun. And to that, I would say like, watch more horror. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a ton of fun horror movies. Also, Jurassic Park, not very funny. Funny jokes. There are some moments, but like overwhelmingly not a funny movie. It just has so many good lines. It just has like, like rewatching it. I was like, this is so quotable as a movie. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, oh, there's, there's so many. Yeah. I mean, um, Jeff Goldblum has so many killer (laughs) things. So does Richard Attenborough too. I mean. It almost has a tagline. Like spared no expense. (laughs) We have a T-Rex. Yeah. Must go faster. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What is the line? She's like. Dinosaur eats man, so woman inherits the earth. Like it's yeah. so good, you know. Hold on to it your butts. We already talked about that. You know. Mm-hmm. Not. Yeah, that uh-huh. one too. I just. Oh, we got Dotson. We got Dotson. Dotson. See, no one cares. Dotson. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> like it's. I don't know when I last even watched this movie. It wasn't this week. It wasn't this month. But like, no, I in there. I was working on my laptop with the movie, and I was saying the lines before the lines were happening. I was like, "This right. is nice." Like, I'm fully ready for this to be. I'm ready for like a whole generation of Rocky Horror interactive movies with like mm. Jurassic Park and stuff like that. That'd be so fun for sure. Well, I feel like that we've had like a very good like conversation about just like how to define genre and mm-hmm. basically what makes Jurassic Park a horror movie and i think a lot of it i think like i guess like people might get just stuck on just because like is, is that very like spielbergian horror where like it's like kind of kid friendly but like mm-hmm. it's really like this really like if another director were, was doing this it would be a lot more over the top i think because mm. like actually him james i think uh i, I doing my research spielberg beat James Cameron to the rights of the book like hours by hours before James oh. Cameron got it. Oh, that's so intriguing to consider. Mm-hmm. If what it would James been Cameron Jurassic Park would have looked like extremely Ooh. different. I think I still would be into it, but it would be very different. Yeah, I feel like it would have been much colder. Like it would have yeah. been a much more formal movie. If I think Jurassic sense. Park would have looked totally different. Yeah, like, I feel like it would have been glass and metal. Yes. Like, Yes. Yeah, a lot yeah. bigger, less like on the ground, personal. Mm-hmm. But I still, mm-hmm. I kind of want to see that. Like James, if you wanna, if you can go for it, like I'm, I'm down to watch it. He's busy. He should have like, done Jurassic other- World. Yeah. Oh, he should have done Jurassic World. I like that. That would have yeah. been an interesting take. Also, I just want to say on the director note, a movie I have never, never watched again because it scared me so bad as a kid. Et. You're the first person that I've ever met that like was scared by E.T. I was terrified by cornfield? E.T. That's a monster in a cornfield. That's a horror scene. That is a horror scene. You are supposed to be scared. Okay, so that movie, sorry, another tangent. W- the government, the way the government comes in when they're sick and takes them away, 
That horror. traumatized me. The, the it's thing all that always horror. scared me as a kid was never like the monsters or the spooky. It was like the real life stuff. I was mm. like, what do you mean like these adults are can be just mean to this child? I don't like that. <laughs> what is going on? No, I hated that movie. And it, I think it made it worse that everyone thought it was like a fun kids movie. So right? It it's not fun. Always be Where on at school. Like, like substitute teachers would always put it on. It would be always on at parties. And I'd be like, can I just like go read a book in the library or something? Yeah, I'm not comfortable with that movie. Either. And so like – I, I, I don't know. I haven't – I'm not familiar enough with it to fight somebody on is it horror. It was horror to me. I don't want to have to watch it again. So uh, I don't whoever watch wants it again. to fight me wins, I have you never win. seen it since I was like five or six. Like whenever it went on. <laughs> yeah. No. And I noped out. I was like, never again. We're hater. We're E.T. haters here on this podcast. Sorry, Look, Brooker. he does make scary movies. We've talked about other movies to do Is It Horror with. Like, this wasn't the first choice. Like, we've cycled through a couple. Yeah. I think, I'm going to think about it going forward, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know if something else comes across nice. uh, my way. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have a few in my head. I'm sure we all do. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll just go ahead and wrap things up before we start talking about, like, is like how much of Titanic is a horror movie. But uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> bonus you. content. You have to pay us for that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Please be sure to follow on Instagram, X, look, Fred, <laughs> at Brucker Horror. Oraline, where can people find you? At Spooky Oraline, mostly on Instagram, because X is terrible. Yes. And then, Ellie, where can people find you, and where can they read your crazy thoughts on fucked up movies? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at badcritic with an underscore. And also, if you feel like you don't want to be a part of Meta anymore, because Meta's being real weird for Canadians at the moment, you can find my Medium page. Uh, I've I've been archiving everything I post on Instagram there. And if you'd rather that format to read, it's much more casual, and I'm going to be posting there at the same time as I do my Instagram. So... I'm also on the X thing. I don't know how it works. What is the X thing? Stop. I don't even know what to do with it anymore. I don't know. That's it for me. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes so that way people can find your awesome stuff. And again, everyone, thank you. Be sure to watch some good movies and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Autopsy of a Horror Movie. It means so much to us that you choose us to listen to out of all the other podcasts that are out there. If you could please help us grow by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Brooker Horror, retweeting, sharing our episodes, and come check out the Patreon page. This is a passion project and we dedicate so much time and effort into it and it means so much to see other people enjoying the show just as much as we enjoy putting our uh, time into it so over on the patreon at patreon.com slash horror you can get bonus episodes bonus kill grades commentary tracks special topics voting options and also a private discord channel that you could be a part of and if you just want to join the non-private discord channel just hit me up on twitter or instagram at Brooker horror i'll be happy to uh, grow that flock 
All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and please share with friends.